the Lord. Let's all stand together and sing. I serve a risen Savior, and He lives. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to
voices. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. The more that I love him, more love he bestows. Each day is like heaven, my heart overflows. The be seated. Good morning, church. How are y'all? Good. Are y'all excited? Yeah. Good, because I'm excited. Now look, I'm going to level with y'all, okay? Whenever Raymond asked who likes to knock on strangers' doors, and he asked them to stand up, there's only two people that stood up, right? Out of all of you wonderful, fine folks, that was me and Mitch. Now look, I want to just confess that I'm weird and I have a problem, okay? And Mitch does too, and he's not here to defend himself, so I could say that. But we're not normal, right? I mean, it's super uncomfortable, right, to knock on a door of a stranger's home and go, I mean, even if you're trying to sell something, and we're not even trying to sell anything, right? We're just trying to share our experience that we have uh, in our experience with Christ, right? And we're just, we're just sharing that, right? I mean, we're not selling a widget. I'm not selling a vacuum or anything like that. But it's still going to be awkward, okay? So I don't want anybody to have this ruse or just thought that it's, like, not going to be awkward. Because it's going to be weird, guys, okay? And I'm going to call you all team from now on. Is that okay with you all? Can I call you all my team? Yes. All right, so team, look, we've got this. And I know it's going to be weird. I know it's going to be awkward, and you're going to have some really random things that happen, and that's okay, right? So now that I've acknowledged the fact that I'm weird, okay, and that everybody else is normal, we can move to another part of the conversation. So whenever you're knocking on somebody's door, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be weird. But if, here's, a, here's a little trick. If you can pick something out, so you knock on the door, firmly knock on the door, a little pro tip there, okay? They answer the door. If they have a dog, or a cat, or a cute kid, or a garden gnome outside that you really liked, okay, just say, hey, that's a great looking kid. That's a great garden gnome you have there. I have the same one, right? And you start the conversation. You break the ice to get them to a point of conversation, okay? And guess what, guys? You can't fail at this. How awesome is that? You literally can't fail. I mean, even if you knocked on the door, left the deal, and ran away, Hey, you still did it. Now, I'm not condoning that, and that's not what you should do. But guess what? That's still a passing grade, okay? So check it out. It doesn't have to be super awkward, and I realize I'm talking to folks that that may be super awkward for you, but it doesn't have to be. And if you try and you go to a door and you have a bad experience, guess what? You got another one to go to, and you may have a better experience there, right? And honestly you have a lot of opportunities to try and get it right. And we're not looking to share salvation, right? Now, that's awesome if you do, okay? But we're just planting a seed. And you don't have any idea what God's going to do with that seed. You really don't. And God tells us to be obedient, right? God tells us to go forth, share his word. Folks, we got to be obedient. God's going to give you the right things to say. So 
John uh, chapter 14, verse 12 says, I assure you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Okay, now I cheated. We're covering that in Sunday school, right? But it applies to what we're going to be doing, okay? It's not about you. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it ain't about you, right? It's about God and what he's going to do through you. So you can be worried, you can be concerned, you can take that approach, or you can take the approach of, man, I have a hundred doors to knock on, and I have a hundred different opportunities to get this right. And all you're doing is planting a seed. So I would encourage you, be obedient to what God tells us to do. Know that it's not about you. It's not about how you have that conversation. It's about how God has that conversation through you, okay? Take your kids. Let them do some of the talking. If it ain't working for you, let them give it a shot. They're cuter than you are anyways. No offense, right? Make it about family. Team up, right? Now, don't be overwhelming. And the last couple of things I'll say are just like pro tips. Again, knock hard, team, okay? Knock hard. Be confident in what you're saying. The worst thing you can do, it's like, I don't know. It's like, a, like if you go into a situation just thinking it's going to be bad, guess what? It's probably going to be bad. But if you go into the situation and you go, hey, I can do this. I've got God on my side. I've got a team of people out there doing this with me. I can't fail. Literally can't fail. Okay? So knock hard. Compliment them on something. If they slam the door in their face, hey, it's okay. You have another door to go try. There will be wins. There will be losses. We're going to hear about all those things. If they have a, and guess what? Another thing. Newsflash. If they have a ring camera, they already know you're coming. So they're not going to be surprised when you knock on the door. Furthermore, if it starts recording you, because sometimes these little doohickeys, they'll do that, just start telling them who you are before they even get to the door so they don't think that you're a vacuum salesman. Say, hey, you know, we're here with Westgate Church. We want you to know all about Jesus. And don't say it like that. Use this. It's much better than what I say, okay? Use the template that's been given to you, right? But my point is just understand that God's already going before you. God's opening these doors, whether they even open or not. You leaving something behind with them is planting that seed. God will open their hearts. It's not you. It's not up to us. We can't do anything without him. Okay? So knock hard. Be confident. Smile. Use your kids and tell them that they look great. Okay? Can you all agree to do that, team? Right? Everybody can do this? Okay. <clears throat> now, if you all would, please pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, King of kings, you are mighty. You are strong. You can do this, not us. God, let us get out of the way. Tell us to get out of the way. If there's anybody in here that is in their own way, just get out of the way. God, this is about you and our community and us. And this is about the work that you're going to do in us that we don't even know what you're going to do. We have no idea. And we can't worry about it because you've gone before us. Now and forever, there is no excuse, God, because you are holy. You are king. You give us the strength to do what we can't do by ourselves, Lord. God, just be with the people behind the door. God, allow Westgate, allow your people to witness to them in only ways that you know how to do. It's not about us, God. It's about the seed that we're planting for you. And that you're going to grow, Lord God Almighty. And God, just be with this team of people. Be with us this afternoon as we think about it and we prepare. 
Be with those that are going to be here praying for the prayer request, Lord. Whether or not it's a spoken prayer or if it's a, a prayer from us because of an experience we have at a certain house, God. May we be vigilant in getting that news and those prayers out to you, Lord. And God, just, we know that you are in control. And we know that your plan is going gonna, is gonna to work out. No matter what we do, no matter what we say, we can't fail, Lord, for you. And God, just be with these feet, people. Be with, be with us. God, we worship you. And we know that your will will be done tonight and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go team. One gift of grace is Jesus my Redeemer. There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I
six weeks we've had this door up on our stage to remind us that this coming Sunday is Make a Difference Sunday. For about a third of our church we've been a part of a study called Difference Makers by Greg Mott being reminded that we all want to make a difference in life and this Sunday we have a special opportunity to do that. We'll be going out into the community. We'll be visiting 1,000 homes reminding people that God loves them. Now just a couple of instructional pieces before we go. And remember, we'll meet at, at uh, 4.45 this coming Sunday for kind of a pregame to get ready for it. But just a couple of reminders. When you approach the door, you want to be praying that God would make a difference in you and through you. Because we have said over and over, we want God to do a difference in our lives and in the lives of the people on the other side of the door. Be sure to smile. Sometimes we have a difficult time doing that. And be brief. Even though this video is a little bit longer than it should be, be brief when you go to the door. When you knock on the door or ring the doorbell, step back a little bit so people don't feel threatened by you standing right by the door. And then don't get into any debates. Somebody may say that they're from a different belief system or they have some questions. You just say, well, we can probably talk about that later, but don't get into any debates and don't go into anybody's house. Somebody may invite you inside, but just politely stay out at the front and say you're gonna be heading back to the church to pray in a couple minutes. So here's the script, pretty easy script. You knock on the door when they come. Hi, my name is Raymond, this is my wife, Michelle. We're from Westgate Memorial Baptist Church as you hand them this great card that tells them exactly why we're there. We're out in the community praying for people. And we wanted to know if there's anything that we can be praying for you about. If they don't give you any response rather quickly, then you can say, well, if you don't have anything for us to pray about right now, 
There's a phone number on there and you can call us anytime. We'd love to pray for you and your family. And then remind them that there's a life-changing prayer on here. It's the prayer that we pray every Sunday here at Westgate. And just say there's a life-changing prayer that anybody can pray anytime. And we have Bibles. You'll be carrying a couple of Bibles and just say, we're also giving away Bibles this Sunday. And if anybody would like that, it's written in the contemporary English, so it's a little bit easier to read and offer the Bible. They probably won't take it, but offer it anyway. And then you simply say, thank you for spending time with us. Now, a cool thing that's going to be happening while you're out there in the neighborhoods is a sanctuary will be filled with people that will be here praying. So as you get a prayer request, you can text simply a prayer request that says, Raymond has a tough week coming. Just something, two, three, four words, text that back. It'll go up on the screens in the sanctuary and everybody here can be praying. We don't want to violate anyone's confidence. No two names, just first name only. You'll also have a card that has a little script on it so you can be uh, paying attention to what you need to be doing and a card on the back, on the back of the card. You can report what house you visited, what the prayer request was and let you know what kind of conversation. Listen, it's gonna be a great Sunday and I know all of us are a little bit nervous about going out there but I pray that we would move beyond our discomfort, knowing that in not too many years, all of us will be standing before the Lord. Do we really wanna say, I was too uncomfortable to go do what you commanded in scripture? I hope all of us will be willing to go out to knock on some doors and tell people that we're praying for him because God loves them. Love y'all, thanks for listening. We want to pray for people on both sides of the door, as you see in the bulletin. We talked about that all through this time. So if you wouldn't mind just kneeling with me as we pray for people on both sides of the door. Lord, thank you for what you've shared with us over these last six weeks to be reminded of what it means to be a difference maker. Step number one is just showing up, making ourselves available for you to work through us. And we've been reminded through this study together that you want to make a difference in us and through us. That reminds us that change will be happening on both sides of the doors this afternoon. You'll be doing something uniquely different in us, shaping us and forming us more into the image of Christ as we walk in obedience to you. Lord, you want to make a difference in the lives of the people on the other side of the door. Many are already Christians, some are not. Some are struggling, some are doing fine. Help us to be aware that our objective is to simply bring hope to somebody's afternoon. To cause them to smile and to think about the Creator who loves them. So I pray that you would do a work in our lives to make a difference in us and through us. And that lives will be changed on both sides of the door. In your name we ask. Amen. Let's all stand together as we sing Hymn of Heaven. How I long to breathe the air of heaven where pain is gone Walk with him. 
We prayed in desperation The songs of faith We sang through doubt and fear In the end We'll see that it was worth it When he returns To wipe away our tears what you have done for us. That you are holy, you are mighty, and we can't get to heaven on our own. But because of what you have done, your grace, your mercy, we have a story to tell. We have a gift to share. That Jesus is alive and he's made a way for us. May we declare that beautiful hymn of heaven today. We ask it in Jesus' name.
Uh, Zach, I think you left your notes up here. <laughs> very, yeah, I covered everything. very well scripted, yeah. Well, you know, we've had those days in which it's just always sad to see somebody leave our church. And uh, today for Sam and Paula and Allison, you guys, we want to pray for you. It's been a joy to have you in our church. And if you would make your way up to the front so we can tell you goodbye formally and pray over you. Thanks for all the years that you've been here. Uh, just such a wonderful couple, great encouragement, and uh, we're going to miss you guys, but we know exactly where you are. They have been driving back and forth out to the Midland area for years now to see grandkids. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of miles you guys have driven back and forth, but we're excited you're going to be living closer to family, but we're going to miss you as part of our church family tell you what, y'all have been something. And so those of you in, in y'all's church, Sunday school class, if you just make your way down here, we want to pray over you and somebody just grab the mic and you uh, lead us in a prayer for Sam and Paula and Allison as they make this transition. Someone's going to have to fill your spot in pickleball too, huh? pray. Father God, we uh, just come thanking you that before the foundations of the world, you destined us to be a part of your family. You created family and friends. And we thank you for Paula, Sam, and Allison, and their friendship, which means so, so much to us and that we are uh, going to miss. But at the same time, Father, we uh, just acknowledge that you have uh, called them to uh, another place and that you are leading them every step of the way for the glory of your name and for the praise of your mercy and grace. And we pray that that would go with them. And we know that it will as they uh, pack up all that they own and travel to a new city we pray, Lord, now as, as they move that you are now preparing uh, new friendships and new relationships and a new church family where they can worship and serve you and honor you with all that you have blessed them with. Go with them, provide safety, and keep them, Father, forever in your tender mercies. And uh, we send our love with them as they go. We thank you for the time we've had with them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you all. Thank you for letting uh, our lives intersect with each other. And while they're making their way back, we've, uh, we've said goodbye to a number of people uh, over the last couple of years. And COVID changed a lot of the way that we have uh, introduced new members to the church. And so uh, today we're going to do something we haven't done before, but everybody that has joined the church uh, since the pandemic, because the pandemic's when everything changed, if you would make your way to the front, you just come on up here. You, uh, every, every new member got a call uh, this last week, and you can see all the new members that, that have come our way uh, since the pandemic. Not all of them can make it here today, uh, but we just wanted to give you guys a chance to tell us who you are. Just, just your name would be fine, so we can put a name and a face together, and we're delighted to have all of you here uh, to be a part of Westgate. Some of you, it feels like you've been here a long time already, but we're so glad to have you all as a part of Westgate gives us a chance to say hi to you guys. 
So we can start over there. Annette, we can start with you, I guess. Just. Annette Briggs. Oh. Annette Briggs. Travis McKee. Amelia McKee. Arlene Small. Drake Small. Linda Stockton. Catherine Intrican. Matthew Intrican. Stephen Henry. Alex Henry. Kathy Gibbons. Steve Gibbons. Elaine Bradford. Ron Bradford. Blake Underdown. Janice Godot. Betty Toje. Julie Savage. Jim Savage. Vicki Ladner. Mike Harlan. Mary Mitchell. Charles Mitchell. Eva Roy. Elsa Roy. And all the way back to Yvonne. We got it. Yvonne Havard. Great to have all of you here. Thanks for being a part of Westgate. And you guys can go back to your seat. Thank you so much for stepping up here and letting us uh, become a little bit better acquainted with you. And while they're making their way back, I know you guys are all good at multitasking. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is there's some cards at the end of the pews. If you would make sure everybody gets one of those, we may not have quite enough of these cards. Uh, that's what we're going to be passing out. But I just wanted you to see last week we had them, and I'm not sure that we got them passed out. That was my fault. Janet did a wonderful job of creating these. But I forgot to mention, pass these out so you'll know what you're going to be giving out uh, this evening. And then also there is this card that has the name Westgate on it, and uh, make sure that everybody gets a copy of that. I know you're good at multitasking because I see you operate your phones while I'm talking and talk to one another and do notes. I know you're good at multitasking, and while you're doing that, I am going to go ahead and uh, do what... We had some extra t-shirts, and we knew that some people might want to wear a t-shirt when we're out in the neighborhoods today. And uh, you go to ball games, and you, you always sit there, you know, they, they throw it just to the front row. But uh, T-shirt toss, each, whoa, and the microphone toss, too, there. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. There. Now, one downside, they're all small, so if it is... Uh, and they're leftovers from Harvey, and there's a misspelling on the back of the shirt. But other than that, they're great shirts. They're, they're, they're great shirts. Well, I tell you what, a year ago, while we were still in the gym, I was able to uh, introduce this card to our church family because I believe it's so important. And uh, today, I want to reiterate what is on the card because when I did that message, we didn't have the cards, and then we made sure that everybody had the cards available, not sure if you got one or not. But if you would take this card out, this is your, your sermon notes for today. And some of you will say, I, I've already seen this, heard this, understand that. But I'm going to share it with you for two particular reasons. First of all, every leader knows that vision leaks. What was crystal clear six months ago starts to look like streaming on your television with bad internet connection. It starts getting fuzzy. And secondly, while we're out in the community this evening, it's important for all of us to know, why does Westgate exist? 
Well, people will ask me from time to time, what's the vision of Westgate? And the answer is relatively easy. But each time someone asks, I feel a little bit uncomfortable. Number one, it reminds me that I have not made it clear. And two, because it seldom satisfies. The vision of our church seldom satisfies people because most of us want to hear about something big and bold. And I don't think that Westgate has ever lacked for going big and bold. And just to give you a little bit of a reminder, uh, all of you in this section, these sections over here, most of you here, but all of you here, back 30 years ago, you would have been sitting in the trees. This building didn't exist. Everybody was meeting over in that building, and you had a, a little driveway and some parking here, and all this was trees. But someone had a dream and a vision that God wanted to do greater things in our presence. So we've done big things. Many of you have been a part of Beyond Our Walls. Every year, missions is big. We try to continue to do big and bold things. But the vision of the church may not sound so flashy. It's the same that Jesus established 2,000 years ago. In fact, it shouldn't be any different in any church that you go. San Paulo, wherever you go, this should be the same vision. It'll be said just a little bit differently, but this is the same vision that you should find in every church. Churches in different places, churches with different people, churches with different programs, but the vision should be the same because Jesus is the one who clearly laid it out. Now, I've summarized it on the top of this card, and this is also the vision statement for my life obediently follow Christ and encourage others to do the same. I've heard churches, even in recent days, talk about their plans to double in the next few years. And that sounds exciting, and that would be great for churches all across the world to do that. But that's not our vision, to have a number. Our vision is to obediently follow Christ and to encourage other people to do the same thing problem is, that doesn't seem terribly exciting, especially if we're not jazzed about being obedient to Christ. You know, a big trend in the recent days, recent years, are renaming churches as if the new name will attract people to a church. Just out of curiosity, how many of you came to this church because of the name alone? You saw Westgate Memorial Baptist Church and you said, I don't have to look any further. That name does it for me. Truth is, we don't have a flashy, trendy name. In fact, it's a little bit clunky. Westgate Memorial Baptist Church. We're the product of two churches coming together in 1969, Westgate and Memorial, because neither one of them wanted to lose their identity. We put the names together, Westgate Memorial. I can't say we. I was in, in fifth grade in 1969. But you know, that name, Westgate, and we've, and we've shortened it, admittedly. A number of years ago, we shortened it down because it identified with our location on Westgate, easier to remember, and it provides a great acrostic for our church vision. Now, in the Western world, we think linear. Everything needs to go one, two, three, A, B, C. 
But today we're going to move more towards the ancient world and we'll move around as we use the name Westgate as an acrostic to identify who we are as a church. So do you have your card with you? Did everybody get a card? Everybody should have one. I hope you'll take some notes on that. This, this single card, I think, is a very valuable discipleship tool because it identifies the vision of the church on the front. It talks about how you can share Christ with someone on the back. And then it talks about how you can grow and mature as a Christian. A great card to, to keep with you in your Bible. That's why when you look at the card, the first place that we go to is the centrality of Christ. You skip down to the T. It's almost in the middle of the name, and it's there for a very particular reason. If you look at the cornerstone over here in this old building, the first building on our campus, Matthew 16, verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. You move down to the middle because Christ is the central part of the church. Nothing else can happen on this card unless Christ is the Lord of our lives. He is a sinner. He was create, it was created by Christ for eternal purposes. It's easy to make the church about something else. We like programs and preferences and ideas and social or political agendas that people think we ought to be a part of, but Christ is the central figure and the central focus of the church. It's his church and he must remain the core of everything we do and believe. The centrality of Christ. And then we go to the second T, which is dying to self. Now you say, how does that work as an acrostic? The second cross. You look at over in this wall. You know, where are these crosses? They haven't always been there. That was after Hurricane Ike when, when our sanctuary was completely damaged and had to be redone. And we took... From the, from the old platform, we took wood, old wood as well as new wood, and made these crosses as a reminder of our past as well as our future, and it reminds us of such an important truth, that Christ is central to everything that we do. And then we see these two crosses, and we're reminded on one cross, there was a man who died to self. He said, I am not worthy in and of myself. Please remember me when you Go into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. And the other one did not die to himself. He was so self-absorbed, he said, if you're as good as you say you are, then save us all. You see, what we must do on that second cross is what is the hardest thing of all. Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me daily. Jesus died on the cross for the church. We must die to self for Christ and his church and ourselves. It's counterintuitive. When we die to ourselves, that's where we find fulfillment, joy, and contentment. It doesn't make sense in a normal world, but Jesus has called us to live in a supernatural world. It's one of the most overlooked aspects of church members in every church throughout millennia. Dying to self is the hardest thing to do, but it's the most necessary. You know, churches, you will find, oftentimes have a particular target group that they go for. But a church is called to be a multi-generational church in which 
you embrace and love everyone who comes through the doors. And that's extremely hard to do. It's complicated to pull off. It's much easier if you just focus on one generation and you just lean into all the preferences and the ideas and the strategies and the thoughts of that particular generation. But to be a multi-generational church, to value everyone in every stage of life equally, is extremely hard and it requires great personal sacrifice of dying to self. So now we go back up to the top. You with me? Hope you're making some notes along the way on your card. The W stands for worship. When Jesus was tempted by, the, by the, the evil one, he responded in his response of saying, you haven't eaten in 40 days. Why don't you take those rocks and turn them into some loaves of bread? And Jesus said, it is written, man does not live by bread alone. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Every one of us, every one of the people on the other side of the doors that we will see tonight, were created to worship. And we will worship something if we do not worship God. That's a reality. Because of our need and capacity to worship, we will worship something, even if it is an idol or ourselves. So as a church, we're called to come together weekly to worship. Part of worship is just reminding ourselves that we're not crazy. Anybody see God this week? You may have seen the consequences or the results of God's activity, but did anybody see God this week? We look to his word, we pray, but did anybody see God this week? So we come together weekly to say, I'm not crazy for following a guy I cannot see. And we're reminded that we need that weekly encouragement to refocus our attention to our creator and our sustainer. So weekly, we worship together. And then as a church, individually, we worship daily as we express our gratitude for God, our praise for who he is and what he has done for us. Then the E reminds us to encourage that, that first E. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up our meeting together, which is the habit of most American Christians. The average church attendance is now under two times per month, 1.8, and it's gone down even more since COVID. And it says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Encouragement to grow spiritually. Not just to say, that's a nice-looking shirt, or I like your shoes. But to encourage one another to grow spiritually is a universal need of every single person, and it's the role of the church to provide that encouragement. So the question is, why isn't the church doing a better job? Why isn't the church doing a better job of encouraging me? Well, that leads us to a second question that is a better answer to the first what or who is the church? You might say, well, I believe the church is what happens on Sunday and I should be encouraged. But we find in the New Testament that the church is not a building, it's not a staff, it's not programs. The church is called by Paul in numerous occasions in the New Testament, the body. It's the ecclesia. 
It means those who are called out. The church is those of us who have been called out by Jesus Christ to become his followers. That would be all of us who profess our faith in Jesus Christ. We're called out to obediently follow him and encourage others to do the same. So here's a little helpful uh, reminder for encouraging other people. We all have a built-in encouragement meter, and I want you to check it right now. Your encouragement meter is found at the base of your wrist right before you get to your hand. If you just put your finger right there, and if, if you feel a pulse, that's your encouragement meter. If anybody has a pulse, that means they need to be encouraged. Now, if you reach out and you find that somebody, their pulse is no longer beating, don't mess with encouraging them. They're gone. <laughs> but if you get a pulse, that means that person needs encouragement. All of us need encouragement to grow and to develop spiritually. One of the best ways to do that is to pray for each other, to encourage each other, to pray with people. Michelle and I were driving back uh, a couple years ago, and uh, we had her phone hooked into the Apple Place. So everything's coming over the audio system, and her dad sent a text message. And, it, and as soon as it came in, before we knew what was happening, because we were pretty new to this Apple Place stuff on the, on the audio system, all of a sudden Siri starts uh, telling what the text is saying, starts reading the text. Well, the message is fine, but at the end he'd put emoji of praying hands. And it gets to the end of what he's saying, and it comes to the emoji of praying hands, and it says, hands pressed together. That was the interpretation. Not praying, but hands pressed together. And I think a lot of people, we laughed. I mean, you guys can laugh. Feel free to laugh. I thought it was funny. And we were laughing about that, but we thought, how many people think that that's what prayer is? It's just hands pressed together. It, it, it really doesn't make a difference. And as we go out this evening, we're not asking you to share the gospel with anybody at their door. We're not asking you to go to 100 homes like Zach insinuated. You just have to go to 20. And you don't have to pray with them at the door. You're just assuring them that you are going to pray for them and that people back at the sanctuary are praying for them. And when we get back here, we will definitely pray for them. But prayer is such a powerful thing. It literally changes lives. And so as we encourage one another, we can pray for one another. How can I be praying for you as you walk this journey of faith? The S reminds us to serve. In Mark chapter 10, verses 42 through 45, Jesus described to his disciples saying, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over everybody. They're high officials. They exercise authority over anybody beneath them. But it's not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Serving always seems like a great idea until you're asked to serve. Or until you're asked to serve in a way that you'd rather not. Serving can be messy sometimes. Maybe it's not the way that we wanted to serve, or with the people that we wanted to serve, or, or maybe our motives get a little bit confused, and we're, we're wanting to try to demonstrate that we're a servant, but we really don't want to serve. 
Sometimes we end up serving more like a tennis player where we serve everything to our advantage. Serving is challenging. And as a church, we're called to serve, not to watch. You think about what we looked in the last six weeks, Greg Mott kept on, kept on reminding us with that declaration. We're not called to sit. We're called to serve. And sometimes we can take a pass on serving, but I shared this with you before, but I, I want to rehearse it just again. You know, when we don't want to serve in just the right way or the way somebody wants, imagine what the world might look like today if Noah said, I don't do boats. Or if Abraham said, I'm not into offerings. Or Moses said, I don't do wilderness excursions. Or David had said, I don't fight giants. What if Solomon said, I'm not into temple architecture? Or Daniel had said, I don't do diets. Or Mary had said, I don't do virgin births. Or Paul had said, I don't do letters. Or John said, I don't do visions. Or Jesus said, I don't do crosses. How different the world might be. Friends, today we have an opportunity to serve, make a different Sunday, to, to go out. And as I said in the video, and I just, it's my responsibility, and you don't have to do anything that I call you to do. In fact, I remember one of our kids saying at one point, he says, Our pastor talks a lot, and I listen to him sometimes. You don't have to do anything I say, but I want you to know one of my jobs is, is to remind us that one day we will stand before the Lord. Every last one of us, it's coming. We will stand before the Lord. And do you really want to look back on days like this when your life is being reviewed and saying, I, I don't do doors to a Savior who said, I do crosses. It's not going to be comfortable, I understand that. But the opportunity for us to begin to make a difference, and, and I want you to know, for those of you, and, and some of you I do know you believe in prayer, because when I was checking the weather report yesterday, there was rain all over Sunday. And I knew some of you were praying like crazy that it would just pour. That tropical storm in the Gulf would get here quickly and just wipe out the whole thing. But then I woke up this morning and I saw the various times of rain and it just keeps on being reduced. I think God wants us to get out there. An opportunity for us to, to serve and to make a difference. Serving doesn't mean you only do what you don't want to do. Don't hear me say that. But it does involve doing some things that you'd rather not. And today may be one of those days. And then the G stands for grow. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20, we're reminded, and I backed it up just a couple of verses so you could see all of what it, Jesus was saying in the Great Commission when he's calling us to go out. And he said, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. Jesus had instructed them to go meet him in Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him. Listen to this, but some doubted. And Jesus spoke to those who both believed and doubted, and he gave them the same command. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. A lot of churches, most churches in America today are not growing. And we have to ask the question, why? Every healthy organism should be growing. So the answer lies in Jesus' command to make disciples. Maybe as a church in general, all across America, we have lost the intentionality of this command to go and to make disciples. God fully expects us to be about that kind of work. Now, some of you are wondering if this is a one and done, and if, you know, if maybe you can get sick this afternoon or some kind of emergency come up, maybe a kidney stone, anything, just to get out of it. And, and, and then we will be past it, right? But here's the thing. I want to give you a little secret. I don't want to cheat on you. This is the beginning of a process for our church. Jana came up with a great acrostic for it, and I think Stephen was in on it as well. Mad Sunday. Make a difference Sunday. And we're going to try to start doing this on a regular basis, in which tonight we go to a thousand homes, and the next Sunday we go to another thousand homes, and if we get more people involved, then maybe we go to 2,000 homes, and we just keep on doing what God's Word calls us to do, to grow. In Paul Tripp's excellent devotional, New Morning Mercies, he made a statement that really struck me. He said, God is not satisfied with you. And that gets our attention because we say, wait a second, surely God is, is satisfied with me as he looks at me through the eyes, through the lens of who, what Christ has done, and that is true. But salvation takes on three different parts. Quick theology lesson, salvation is us being justified by Christ. Christ redeems us and we are saved for all of eternity. And then he sanctifies us, making us more into the image of Christ. And that's what our life is about as Christians here on earth, whether that's three years or 103 years. So we're justified, and then we're in the process of being sanctified. And then after we die, we are glorified. Then we are perfect. And so in this in-between time of, yes, we're justified and we're not yet glorified, we are to become more like Christ. That's called being sanctified. And that's this whole process of us walking with Christ. Christ is not satisfied with us as a church yet. He wants to continue to refine us to be more and more like him. And that happens through the A of abiding. You still with me? Abide, John 15, 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That word there, to abide, stay connected, is the same word that is used over in John chapter 14, verse 2. And it says there are many homes that keep us connected in the kingdom of God in heaven with Christ. You know, every year, we, we well, not every year, but it seems like most years we experience a hurricane. I hope we don't this year. But we know what it's like to come back after a hurricane or walk through the hurricane or whatever it is and see branches laying everywhere. And, and those branches are laying there, and they look fine for a while. In fact, they look very much alive when you first see them, but after a few days, you see them begin to wilt and to dry up and to turn colors. That's what happens to us if we don't abide in Christ. When we abide in Christ, we are like the limb of a tree. But if we don't, we begin to wilt and to wither. Our maturity comes from abiding, to stay connected with Christ, so that we appear differently 
Almost done. We're past our time. Almost done. 2017, in Nebraska, the, the uh, state government was meeting, and they had the Nebraska flag flying over the Capitol. The flag flew for 10 days upside down. And as all the congressional leaders in the Senate were meeting, nobody even noticed. Now, if you've seen the Nebraska flag, you know why. You can fly it both ways. But so a senator decided that he was going to introduce a bill so that people could tell if the flag was flying upside down. The question from us today is, do people notice us that we're flying differently than the rest of the world? Or do they just walk by our lives days and weeks at a time and see absolutely no difference? God calls us to abide in him so that we reflect that difference in our lives. And you see that last one evangelized, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Every person that we meet is either in a relationship, every door that we knock on, every person is either in a relationship with God or in rebellion. There's, there's no middle ground. I was reminded of how oftentimes I don't think that way. It bothers me. If you saw, uh, follow the story about that actress, Anne Hesch, who, who died last week, there was so many things coming and reports about all of that. And I have to admit, when I saw that notification come across my phone, it just that she died, my first response wasn't, I wonder where she is. Every single person that passes from this life to the next either has a relationship with God that brings them into his presence for all of eternity, or they're in rebellion with them. Is it a pattern of yours, of mine, to tell people about Christ on a regular basis, or do we get too absorbed in our own busyness or our own business to evangelize? That last E could also stand for expectations because I, I think it's important for all of us to recognize it in the church. The church, not the staff, but the church, the body, the called-out body of believers, does God have expectations for us? Yes, there are three. To engage, to invest, and to invite. Sam and Paula, we're sad that you're leaving because you fit all three of those. You have engaged, you have invested, and you have invited. Were that all of us were just like that. To engage in what's going on, not to be on the peripheral, not to be a spectator, but to be engaged in what's happening. To invest with our time, our talent, our resources. To say, if it's up to me, we're going to make it happen. I got to tell you, you know, talked about this sanctuary. Exciting story that I, I heard years ago. When they were building this sanctuary. How many of you were here, by the way, when the sanctuary was going up? Would you just stand up for a second? We just want to see who you are. Because you see, most of us didn't have anything to do with that, right? And I learned that there were a group of families, because this was such an audacious dream to build this sanctuary. There were a group of families that bonded together to say, we will not allow this to fail. They were that invested to say, we will not permit this to fail. It will happen. No matter what we have to do, it will happen. That's what it means to invest in the life of the church, to say, if it's up to me, it's going to happen. And to invite. You know, you've heard me say this before. 
if Westgate isn't worth inviting people to, then let me encourage you to find a church that is. You might say, well, let's make it a kind of church that we can invite. I'm with, that. I'm with you on that. But we all should be inviting people to be a part of this fellowship, and that's what we're going to be doing as part of this evening. The last question, if everyone in our church was just like me, what kind of church would we be? Such a good question. You ask yourself, this is not me, somebody else, if everyone in the church was just like me, what kind of church would we be? Would the sanctuary be here today? Because you were determined it wouldn't fail? Would campaigns to share the gospel happen because you were determined to be a part of it? Would people come to know Christ? Would people be prayed for? Would people be ministered to? Would service occur? If everyone in our church was just like me, what kind of church would we be? Some of you gathered here today maybe have wondered what a church is because you've never committed your life to Christ. And I want you to know the message that we plan to share as we go out into the streets subtly, not specifically tonight, but the message that we want them to hear is that God loves them and he's created them to have a relationship with him. That's the message for all of us. What a great message to share, especially because we know that because of our sin, we're forever separated from God. We're in rebellion until we're brought into a relationship with God. But we can be changed. We can be changed for all of eternity through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you've never received Christ, would you join me in this simple prayer to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ? And for all of us as followers of Christ, pray that we would be the church that God wants us to be. Father, thank you for Westgate. There is no doubt that you have used this church mightily through the years. You have ordained for this church to be one of the most influential churches in all of the Golden Triangle. So many things have happened because of the members of this church. I pray that you would remind us again today of just a strong calling that you've placed, not to be just a marker until the next generation takes over. Father, that you would use us, every generation of this church, to be everything you've created us to be, to not get in the way of the church that you are building and the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Lord, if anyone in our gathering today has never received you as Lord and Savior, I pray that they would recognize their need, that that's the greatest need of their life, and they would pray a prayer similar to this, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner in desperate need of your forgiveness. Please forgive me of all my sins and become the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender to you all that I am and all that I have, and I will follow hard after you the remaining days of my one and only life. Lord, may that be the heart cry of every follower of you. God, that we would surrender all that we have, all that we are. And yes, we will follow hard after you the remaining days of our one and only life. In your name we pray. Amen. Love you all. Thanks for listening. And if you feel like God is leading you to make some type of decision, someone to pray with you, I'll be standing at the crosses. Our deacons uh, for August and August, our triad's a little bit uh, down. Just other deacons, just stand with them in the, in the back of each one of these aisles. And deacons, if you just go ahead and make your move so people know that you're there. Deacon and the wife will be standing back there to pray with you and 
If you want somebody to pray with you, they'll be there. You can meet us at the Connection Center after the service. But we pray that you have experienced God's presence in this worship service now. And as we stand in this closing song, would you express that as we sing together? I'll stand together. How great the chasm that lay between us, how high the Turn to heaven and spoke your name into the night. And through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is Christ, my living hope, who could imagine so great a mercy, what heart could has Came the morning that sin. 
Amen? Amen. God bless you as you go. See you back tonight as we share the living hope.